بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He granted this ummah, a'imma, imams, leaders of the deen. Imams of the deen that established this deen and granted honor to this deen by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imams of this deen that purified this deen from the distortions of the ignorant people and the false interpretations of the liars and among those imams of the past is that great imam al-allama al-hafidh al-qudwa al-imam abu hatim muhammad ibn idris al-razi rahimahullah this great Imam, he was born in the province of Array, Array, which is modern-day uh, Tehran, Iran. This Imam, perhaps you've heard of him, the uh, book Aqidat Ar-Raziyain, Aqidat Ar-Raziyain, that book that you may have heard of, that is the Aqidah. Of this Imam Abu Hatim Ar-Razi and his contemporary Abu Zur'ah Ar-Razi. So this great Imam, he was well known for his rihlat in Talab al-Ilm, his journeying far and wide in order to seek ilm of al-Hadith. He started, he began his journey at the age of 20. This Imam that was born in the year 195 after Hijrah. At the age of 20, he began his rihlat, his journeys from Sham to Iraq, within Iraq, from Baghdad to Kufa, then to Hijaz, Medina, Mecca, Medina. He said several times between Mecca and Medina, I don't know how many journeys I made. From Kufa to Baghdad, I don't know how many journeys I made. And then to uh, Palestine, from Palestine to uh, Damascus, within, within Syria to Hamas. Uh, uh, on all these different locations, Imam al-Razi was making these journeys on foot. He said that I went out for talab al-ilm at the age of 20. And for seven years, I was seeking al-ilm, going from one imam to another. I counted that I had traveled the distance of 1,000 farsakh, which is the distance of traveling by foot at a fast pace of four months four months worth of traveling on foot at a fast pace if you were to think of the duration that it would that would that it would take to cover four months of traveling on your foot at a fast pace that is the distance that he covered and he goes that is the distance that i covered until i could count yani after that i stopped counting that is as much as I counted. After that, I stopped counting. I still continued my rihla for talab al-ilm, my journey for seeking knowledge. But I stopped counting after that. This imam, he had a son 
by the name of Abdul Rahman. Abdul Rahman, he says about his father, that my father, he would be eating. فَأَقْرَأُ عَلَيْهِ My father, he would be eating. And I would be reading to him. Reading what? The hadith of the Messenger of Allah, alayhi salatu wasalam. Father sitting there, Imam Abu Hatim, he's sitting there, he's eating. His son is next to him, Abdul Rahman. And his son is there with the book, and he's reading to his father the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, alayhi salatu wasalam. He said, sometimes he's e- sitting, uh, sometimes he's eating, and I'm reading to him. Sometimes he is walking, and I'm reading to him. At times when he was in the bathroom, in the toilet, I would be reading to him. I.e., Abu Hatim, he's in the lavatory, and then I am outside, external from the toilet, reading out loud. Why? Because Abu Hatim, obviously, he's a muhaddith, an imam. He doesn't want to waste his time. He knows what his purpose in life is about, so he wants to capitalize upon that. So even when he's in the bathroom, he's having his son read to him. His son says sometimes, Father... He would come inside the house looking for something, seeking for something, and he'd have me reading to him. This here, what does it indicate? What are the benefits that we can derive from it? Utilizing time. Anything else? Something else. Ahsant, barakallahu feek. The tarbiyah of the child. The tarbiyah. Of your son, the tarbiyah, the cultivate, the cultivation of your, of your daughter, the rearing and the nurturing of your children. The people that we look at, as far as raising our children, is concerned, are not people of today, but people of yesterday, the salaf of this ummah, the righteous imams of the past. We look at them, and see how they reared their children. And how much importance they gave, and what type of cultivation of the children, of the children they employed. Imam Abu Hatim al-Razi, he has his child, he has his child reading the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, alayhi salatu wasalam, to him constantly, when he's in the bathroom, when he's eating, when he's coming inside. Now, us today, the Muslims that we that live today in this era, sometimes we we become satisfied with what we are doing for our children say so, alhamdulillah our child is not outside kicking ball with the with the riffraff on the street alhamdulillah my child he doesn't listen to music alhamdulillah my child he doesn't want to go to the cinema my child he doesn't want to go out in the town center just messing about these things are no doubt good and praise belongs to Allah to whom he has granted children like this. However, our, our, our mi'yar, yani the measurement that we use in order to gauge whether or not we are giving the best tarbiyah for our child, is not our current method and our current approach in modern times. But rather it's the salaf of this ummah. If you look at Imam Abu Hatim al-Razi, what is he doing? His child... He makes him travel with him when he went for his rihlat in Talab al-ilm. The child, he says, Abdul Rahman, he says that I went on Talab al-ilm with my father to listen to a hadith from the imams of the different regions. 
while I hadn't even hit the age of puberty yet. It was when he was on his journey that he hit the age of puberty. Imam Abu Hatim, this is the tarbiyah that he gave and the fruits of that tarbiyah is what? This child of the Rahman, he became an alim himself, a hafiz himself, a muhaddith, a scholar of hadith himself, a tafsir, a big voluminous tafsir authored by his son. In fact, this book, Aqidat Ar-Raziyayn, this book that was taught uh, last year in the conference in Birmingham, this book in reality, it's a, it's him himself, Abdurrahman, the son himself, who poses the question to his father and to Abu Zur'a Ar-Razi concerning the Aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. That book is as a result of a question that the son posed to the father and his contemporary. So if you give the child a good tarbiyah, what is a good tarbiyah? The fact that your kid isn't messing about on the streets? No, that is something that is praiseworthy, no doubt. But the, the, the tarbiyah that is asma, the tarbiyah that is, that is a'la wa arfa', the highest level of tarbiyah is the tarbiyah that the salaf gave. That not, they don't become satisfied that the kids aren't just part of the riffraff. But rather they want their kids to become ulama. They want their kids to become muhaddithun. They want their kids to become a'imma, imams. Why? Because that child of yours, that child of yours in reality is an investment for you. That child of yours is a business opportunity for you. And just like you see the worldly people, they take advantage whenever they come across an opportunity for their business to develop, for the shares that they have in a certain business. Whenever you see an opportunity arise, they, they snap at it. And they don't waste any time and they don't beat around the bush. They snap at the opportunity. They seize the opportunity where they can increase their wealth. You'll find them saying that a penny saved is a penny earned. A dollar for them to save one dollar, it means a great amount. Some of them, some of the brothers that used to be within that crowd of the celebrities and the hip-hop people from America, one of them told me that he used to hang about with these, one of those famous people, one of those famous celebrities that he had. He said this person that everybody would have heard of, this person he used to count on his time, he used to count on his sleep. Because he used to say, if every single hour can earn me a dollar, then how many dollars I'll be able to get in my life. So he says that this person, this famous uh, uh, yani, uh, person, celebrity that everybody would have heard of, this person he used to sleep very little, or he sleeps very little. Why? Because he wants to capitalize upon his time, because he knows that that time, for him it means money. Our children, they are an investment for us. How are they an investment for us? The Messenger of Allah, alayhi salatu wasalam, he tells us that all of the actions of the son of Adam are cut off when he dies, except for three. Ongoing charity, knowledge that is benefited, and her. Waladun salih yad'u lahu. A righteous child that prays for that prays for him, supplicates for the father. The ulama they say that this here it's not just in reference to the child making dua for you once you're died, once you've died. But rather 
those actions, those righteous deeds that the child engages in, that you directed the child towards, they are going to return back to you in your grave. That grave that is going to be a place of absolute and total loneliness for you. We've all experienced some degree of loneliness in life. When you're alone, nobody's there. And perhaps you're in a very remote place. Some of us will become extremely frightened, extremely scared, loneliness. Even though there's no other factor that should really cause us to become scared, it's just loneliness. But loneliness, we know it's scary and it is frightening. In the grave, everything that numbs us in this life from our reality, the worldly matters, wealth, houses, our wives, husbands, children, the cars, the, the houses, the worldly matters that numb us and numb our ability to realize what is the reality that we are in, all of those factors, they are going to be removed once we're in our grave. We're going to be by ourselves then, absolutely, totally alone, except for one thing, except for one thing. And what is that thing? The person, if you are going to die as a righteous person, once you're buried six feet under, you're going to find, if you're a righteous person, may Allah allow us all to die righteously. If you die as a righteous person, then in that grave of yours, a, a, an extremely handsome man is going to appear with extremely handsome clothes and a beautiful smelling fragrance is going to emit from him. And you're going to say to him, you are going to say to him, you're going to say, Man anta, who are you? Because your face, it gives me news of something that is good. And then that man is going to say to you, what? I am your deeds. I am your deeds. This is the day that you were promised. So your deeds are going to accompany. Everything else is not going to be with you. Your mother is not going to be with you. Your father is not going to be with you. Your friends aren't going to be with you. Wealth isn't. You're going to be by yourself. Reality. But your deeds are going to be the only thing that are going to be with you in your grave. And if you die as an evil person, if you die as a wretched person, if you die as somebody that Allah hates, then you're going to find in your grave something else happening. You're going to find a person coming to you. But his face isn't going to be handsome his face is going to be ugly his clothes are going to be ugly his fragrance the stench that is gonna come from him is going to be ugly and foul smelling and you're gonna say to him who are you because your face it forewarns evil and then that man is going to reply he's going to say i am your deeds your evil deeds and this is the day that you are promised so in your grave, you're going to be by yourself and you're going to have nothing to accompany you except your deeds. And that child of yours, he is, the, he is among one of the only three things that can benefit you once you're dead six feet under. Your deeds will cut off. Your deeds can't increase. You can't come out of the grave and say, I want to work righteously now. But your child that you left behind, capitalize upon him now. You teach him and you want to give him good tarbiyah for himself, yes. For herself, yes. But for your own self as well, be selfish. For your own self as well, 
that child will benefit you when you're dead. That child that you have right now, seize the opportunity. Be you the first one that teaches him. Surah Al-Fatiha. Whenever he recites Surah Al-Fatiha in this life while you're alive and after you're dead, it's going to benefit you. Make your child be someone that becomes someone of significance of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone that calls to the deen of Allah. Make that your intention of the child. His career, yes, that is something that is going to help sustain him in his life and his sustenance is already written. Making him an imam of the deen so that when you're dead, that child, that imam of the deen, he will benefit you in your grave. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all righteous offspring. إِنَّهُ وَلِيُّ ذَلِكَ وَالْقَادِرُ عَلَيْهِ وَصَلِ اللَّهُمَّ عَلَى نَبِيْنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ